This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy and climate challenge in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. The Inflation Reduction Act was undoubtedly a hugely influential piece of climate legislation. Through a combination of tax incentives and competitive grants, the IRA is estimated to flow hundreds of billions of dollars into clean and renewable technologies. But it did something else as well. While the technology and manufacturing investments may get top-line billing as to the impact of the IRA, the federal legislation also set aside meaningful dollars for state and local governments to participate in climate action, to the tune of over $50 billion. During this episode, I'll dig a bit deeper into how the IRA changes the game for local and state governments, giving them both the ability to plan, adapt, mitigate, and ultimately thrive in a clean energy economy. Eight minutes. It's how long it takes the sun's rays to hit Earth, or about how long it takes for your family to devour the Thanksgiving feast that you spent three days preparing. Holiday season is upon us. Let's get it on. The IRA funneled a lot of money into climate technologies. The Congressional Budget Office initially estimated that about $379 billion would be invested into renewable energy and EVs and storage and a whole host of climate activities. But then, the IRA isn't as much of a grant-based program as its sister bill, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, was. The IIJA had discrete dollar amounts set aside to support specific infrastructure needs, whereas the IRA set up tax credits as incentives to support the build-out of renewable energy. The CBO estimate was based on how much they thought the market would respond to those tax credit incentives. Goldman Sachs this year released an updated estimate that says that response has been so good that the total subsidies from the IRA could reach over $1 trillion. Wow. But the IRA was not just about renewable technologies. In fact, it even had an expansion of the Affordable Health Care Act buried inside it. And alongside the tax incentives and manufacturing grants that dominate a lot of the IRA climate news, was actually a lot of money designated towards municipalities and states in helping those governmental bodies action their own climate plans. In fact, the IRA allocates a little over $50 billion in competitive grants to state and local governments. And these support a wide range of activities. In energy-related grants, the IRA sends a little less than $10 billion to states to help develop rebate programs for energy efficiency and home electrification projects. $27 billion was allocated to a greenhouse gas reduction fund, which is likely to act like a giant green bank. It'll allocate competitive grants to support distributed technologies such as solar and other zero-emissions technologies with a very concerted focus on supporting disadvantaged communities and nonprofits. Three-ish billion will go towards capacity building for community-led projects in disadvantaged or low-income communities. Six billion towards improving local infrastructure, such as transmission, water, or electrifying fleets of buses or garbage trucks. And five billion towards climate pollution reduction grants. These CPRG dollars will come in two ways. The first, helping each state and 125 of the country's largest municipalities develop actionable greenhouse gas reduction plans. And then, once those plans have been established, these state and local governments will compete for $4.7 billion in grants to actually implement their reduction measures. Look, $50 billion into local governments is a huge windfall. 
It's going to accelerate a lot of really great climate work at local schools, transportation authorities, city buildings, but it comes with its own challenges too. For one, most of the IRA funds headed to local governments is being distributed as competitive grants. That means that everyone's competing against each other with no clear guidance as to how the distribution of dollars is really going to work. I think the general assumption is that it will be somewhat fairly distributed amongst requesters, but poorly designed or implemented applications will not be doing themselves any favors in that process. More importantly, though, is the emphasis on disadvantaged and underserved communities. These are communities that are projected to be overly impacted by air pollution, emissions, and climate-related events, so it makes sense that the federal government has emphasized support for those communities. But applications that simply acknowledge or emphasize their commitment to the communities may be missing a real opportunity in this process. How these local governments engage with their communities will be important. Rather than reacting to grant guidance or climate roadmap plans, local governments that embed their community's voice into the process from the beginning are likely to have greater success. Engaging with local community-based organizations, CBOs, to not only develop the application, but to plan, strategize, communicate the action planning that can best be initiated within the community, that's going to ensure that when projects start rolling out, everyone can fully benefit from the opportunity. And for those CBOs, the CPRG funds in particular give them a chance to uplift their priorities, encouraging collaboration across both ways to mitigate greenhouse gas emissions, but also in ways to make the community more resilient to potential climate repercussions. The federal funds are also likely to unlock additional channels for funding, either through the state, private corporations, or philanthropic organizations, both private and corporate. But with more stakeholders come more and differing priorities. Local governments that establish a strategic vision and plan early will be better able to harness these well-meaning dollars in ways that maximize the impact for their communities. And lastly, the vast amount of funding that is going out is likely to move in waves. And frankly, there are probably going to be a lot of lessons learned through the first few cycles of funding. Working across entities, sharing lessons learned, and successes achieved is going to be important, both to ensure that the next wave of funding is more effective, but also to help gain credibility and buy-in from all the stakeholders in the process. Which may end up being the toughest challenge of integrating these IRA funds into local governments. The number and diversity of stakeholders is likely to bring many, many perspectives. Some municipalities are already banding together, such as under council of governments, in order to scale up and be eligible for federal funding, which is great, but comes with the added challenge of working across that many more disparate participants. Clear roles and responsibilities, crystallized strategy, over-communicative messaging, how stakeholder engagement is managed, may likely separate successful and challenged entities. The IRA is an amazing opportunity for local governments to advance hard, needed climate solutions at a hyper-local level, but execution of these projects still come with risks. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.